overwhelmed, Bretto. It is perhaps the number one challenge our Wellness Couch listeners face. It's also the number one reason why many listeners can't get to our live events. Well, we have listened to our listeners and we are putting on our first online event, Release Your Overwhelm. So exciting, MP. Put Saturday, November 23 in the calendar. Log in from your phone or your TV or your laptop anywhere in the world and tune in to... Kim Morrison. Brett Hill. Marcus Pierce, Wendy Stewart. And Jason Witten. Release your overwhelm about time, relationships, money, your body, and most importantly, you. Access is just $10 and available at releaseyouroverwhelm.com. Book in now at releaseyouroverwhelm.com. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to Speak Up and Engage, bringing next generation health, wellness, inspiration and empowerment to the youth of today. A spectacular collaboration between the Sunshine Coast Council and spirithive.org. Welcome to Speak Up and Engage, the next generation of wellness for youth right across Australia. I'm Laura Pettigrew. I'm Bridget Kelly. And I'm Toby Berger. So last week we spoke about cyberbullying and today we are doing our second episode of a four-episode series on cyberbullying. And um, to help us out today we have Katie Govich, who is the National Manager for Schools and Communities um, at Bully Zero Australia Foundation. So, hi Katie, how are you? Hi guys, great to be with you all. So excited to be on your program. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. Oh, no worries. <laughs> so, firstly, um, would you be able to tell us a little bit about Bully Zero? Okay, so Bully Zero, we're a relatively uh, young charity. We've been around. Uh, We've been around for just over six and a half years, uh, launched in 2013 by our former Prime Minister, Julia Gillard, and uh, we're based in Melbourne. We're actually um, based in Melbourne Airport. That's where our office is. Uh, oh, so yeah. Essentially, our foundation has been established as a result of, you know, a real need where um, Education is really the key to changing behaviour. So we know bullying can hurt on many levels, but we also know that bullying can kill. So uh, yeah. the reason why our foundation was established is really to go out and educate every Australian. That is, we visit schools, we visit workplaces, we visit sporting clubs, community groups, the whole lot, Australia-wide. So that's our aim is to raise awareness, get people to think about behaviours. Nice. Yeah. Well- um, so would you be able to tell us what, what your job is at Bully Zero? Okay, so I'm, by trade, I'm a, I'm a teacher and, um, and I create programs where I deliver to uh, schools and also community groups and sporting clubs. So I, I'm a facilitator, so presenter. So I come out to schools and speak to students, mainly students, and, um, and talk to them about what is bullying, identify what it is, give them a de- definition. And also um, give them some strategies as to how to deal with certain bullying interactions or incidences and also, importantly, where to go for help. So what is bullying and cyberbullying? Okay, well, bullying is essentially repeated ongoing negative behaviour. 
okay? It's where someone is intentionally trying to harm you, so either through words or actions. So for, yeah. for, in, for a behaviour to be identified as being bullying, it needs to be repeated, and that's what I think um, a lot of people kind of misuse the word. Um, look, hurtful behaviour, harmful behaviour, even once is never okay, but to be identifying uh, an incident or a behaviour as bullying, it needs to be repeated. Yeah. Yeah, so on that, if someone is being cyberbullied, how, like, I guess, how do you identify that? Okay, well, what we've found is a, a number of students and adults have been subjected or even witnessed online bullying or cyberbullying. Now, again, that is negative, hurtful behaviour. It's where someone is using a device or technology for the sole purpose of intentionally harming someone through words or, even, you know, through posts and, and even text, imagery, that kind of thing. So, and you know what they say, words may not hurt, but, you know, we've found that words can do a lot of damage. Yeah. So, um, and look, we've all seen it at some point, no doubt, and we, we know what's right and what's wrong. So unfortunately, uh, when it's behind a screen, uh, we have what we call keyboard warriors that quite often some people might think that, you know, they can get away with it, they can be anonymous, there are no geographical boundaries and they they feel that they're less accountable for their actions and they feel that they can get away with it. Yeah. Um, so, So how do people in the workplace and at school avoid being targeted or even just avoid the continuous abuse. Mm-hmm. Okay, so have you ever sent off a message to a friend and they never responded? Yeah. Yes. And how does that <laughs> to you when they don't respond? I yeah, don't know. A little. I was like, oh, okay. Like, mm. And then you kind of like try a different way maybe, like you'll call them instead of messaging yeah. them because you don't want to yeah. message them multiple times. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. Like, like I always tell um, students, if you get a message that's hurtful, harmful or, um, you know, it's cyberbullying, don't respond because yeah. that's the expectation of the other person, the, the bully. They want you to respond. Yeah. Basically yeah. playing their game. So if you don't respond, they'll be thinking, well, hang on, did they read my message? They'll be squirming. They'll be thinking, hang yeah. on. So you don't give them what they want. But obviously you still need to take action because it doesn't make it okay for them to be sending you messages like that. You've got to report them. You've got to talk to someone. So in Australia we're quite lucky because we have the e-safety commissioner and this is an Australian government department that's been set up to protect every every Australian, be it uh, students, children, adults, um, and, it, and what it is, they're there to uh, protect us online. So if you happen to get cyberbullying material, the protocol is, number one, you report it to the website or the social media account that it's, that it's come from. Mm-hmm. You, take the, you, you um, get the evidence, which is screenshot. You can even print it out. That's your hard copy. And then, you know, they've got 48 hours to remove it. So you've got to pay attention and you just watch out for those 48 hours. If it's not removed, well, then you jump online, Google eSafety Commissioner and um, 
like I said, it's the Australian government department. They're very quick at taking action. Um, sometimes as quickly as half an hour if it's really serious. So, and of course, you need to block them, report them, and delete them. So the usual. Look, we all know this, don't we? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That some, you know, most of us won't apply those. those yeah, rules. and so I guess when when you're in the situation too, it's you know you're not very you're not thinking clearly, so oh. you can you can forget these kind of simple methods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, absolutely. Why why is it you think um, people are scared of sort of coming forward and reporting this issue? Well, sometimes people aren't even sure whether, you know, it's them or is it, you know, are they misinterpreting it? Because that's a real danger when we talk about online bullying or cyberbullying. You know, it's miscommunication too. I always tell people when if you're going to communicate with someone, do it face-to-face because when we talk about effective communication, it involves three elements. 55% of our communication is body language. 38% is tone, our voice. 7% words only, so texting. That's they're not getting the complete message. Yeah. Yeah, so so lots of people get themselves into trouble. I mean, I got myself into trouble long ago. (laughs) I sent a text to a friend, he wrote back and said, Well, that's nasty, and I wrote back, What are you talking about? And I threw in some smiley face emojis. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> well, that yeah. didn't work. I think he took it as sarcasm. Oh, no. In the end, I had to pick up the phone and say, listen, you've misunderstood my message. It's not what I meant. <laughs> Using the lovely tone in my voice. Yeah. Smooth things over. So, yeah, you can understand how, yeah, we can get ourselves into a lot of trouble online. It's only because you don't have that face-to-face interaction or, you know, the physical yeah. interaction. It's all done online. Yeah, definitely. I think we can all say that we've kind of sent a message that someone's like either misinterpreted or like we've gone, oh, that could be like taken the wrong way, you know? (laughs) And and another thing is, you know, like don't get online when you're really angry or upset because it might might reflect it in your message. But on the flip side, you don't know the person what mood they're in on the other side. On the that's right, yeah. So you know, there's so many variables and. Yeah, lots of things could go wrong as a result. Yeah. 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 Mm. I've even like read a message before and then sort of changed my mindset and then reread it. I'm like, oh, okay, that's not even that bad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I misunderstood that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely sticky and tricky. <laughs> so how do you, um, you know, determine if it is sort of cyberbullying or someone's just playing around and having a joke? Oh, well, that's that's the thing with jokes. Uh, you know, who decides whether a joke is a joke? Is it the person that's telling the joke or is it the person that's being joked about? Who decides? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so if the person that's being joked about says, look, stop, not okay, not funny, you know, we all need to pay attention and, you know, change our behaviour. But the problem is some people won't use their voice and that's the key. You've got to vo- use your voice and tell the person to stop as well and make it clear, yeah. you know, you don't appreciate that behaviour too. And if they continue, obviously, you don't get engaged in any further interaction because clearly they're out there to harm you. Yeah. But, um, yeah. What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> like the difference between, yeah, a joke and yeah. Yeah, so we've got to be mindful of, you know, what is a joke. Yeah. Not everyone can perceive it as a joke. We're all different. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then then I guess too, you kind of add on the whole, um, not actually saying the joke in person as well. It just Mm. creates, you know, you're kind of setting yourself up for failure if you're trying to joke with someone online because it can be taken completely the wrong way. So yeah. And, um, Katie, you know, we're talking about, you know, people that can be like school kids essentially um, Mm -hmm. with cyberbullying, but is it just school kids that can be affected or is it everyone? Oh no. I mean, obviously we're all connected now. Mm -hmm. Um, No, we we come across, well, it's workplace. We find there's a lot of workplace bullying um, happening. Um, And these are people, you know, that have been in the industry for a long time as well. Uh, look, it can happen to anyone, anytime, anywhere. So there's no real age, you know, age restrictions to that. We're yeah. all connected yeah. online. So, yeah, we're all, all equally open to hurt and harm, really. Um, so how are kids handling cyberbullying compared to how adults are handling it? Mm, that's a really good question. A lot of kids tend to think they're in control and they, they're okay with it. They, they're able to control it. I don't know if you um, know the story. Well, the reason why Bully Zero was um, established mainly was around a time where a lot of young people were taking their lives as a result of being bullied. But one young man in particular, Alan Halkich, um, he was a victim of cyberbullying and his father is one of the um, founding members of Bully Zero. So he was he lived in in Victoria, Melbourne, yeah. and his case was the very first case that went to trial for cyberbullying in Australia. And his case actually contributed to the changes in our laws in Victoria, wow. where you know all forms of bullying, including cyber, is is a crime. It's an offence. But um, he thought he was bombarded like with text messages, so. Um, what had happened, it was a fallout in friendship and within uh, 10 days, roughly 10 days, um, his friendship, if you, or, yeah, the the person that he was friends with who was actually four years older than him, um, Alan was 17, by the way, Mm -hmm. uh, and the guy was 21, and within 10 days the whole relationship turned toxic. But um, what was really alarming was four nights prior to him taking his life, he was bombarded with just over 300 text messages. And these were threats to harm, threats to kill. 300 of them. Over. And you can imagine over a course of, you know, say four nights straight, he wasn't getting any sleep, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And he was getting threats such as, you know, I'm coming after you tomorrow after school and, you know, and once I'm finished with you, I'm paying your mum a visit, that kind of thing. So this was real. And he tried to fix it. I mean, but what was really also alarming was he tried to take it into his own hands. He tried to fix the the situation, mend it, what have you. But um, he he had lots of friends though. So some of those messages, well, actually most of them were coming from his friends, you know, all these threats. They were trying to warn him, saying, look, he's out to get you. He's... um, He's um, just sent us these messages, which they passed on to him, and, and they were saying to him, well, don't worry, we're on your side, we've got you covered, mm-hmm. uh, we're your friends. Mm-hmm. So they thought they were doing the right thing in, say, warning him. Yeah. But none of them were really in a position to help. 
But the fact is he thought he could handle it. And and a lot of his friends today, you know, kind of a little bit, or well, they are pretty upset because they they feel that they should have said something to Alan's parents or should have alerted a trusted adult, so to speak, mm-hmm. because they were all trying to warn him and support him. They're all doing the right thing as a friend, but none of them were really in a position to help. And 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 sometimes I get asked, well, why why didn't his friends tell the parents? Well, Alan said, don't tell my mum and dad. It's only going to worry them. I'm going to fix this myself. So he really thought he could truly fix it. Mm. And he really wasn't in a position to fix it at all. So unfortunately, yeah, his life as a result of it. And, you know, it's a... It really is terrible and, you know, for me it's, it's just really I cannot imagine ever doing that to someone and, and you know, sending those sorts of messages. Mm. And I guess I wonder why do you think people do it? I, again, it's because it's online. There's, they feel that there's less accountability um, and, you know, that face-to-face interaction, like you don't get to see the person's reaction or response. You know, quite often when we when we meet someone for the first time or even if we're having conversations, even with friends, if you say something, you're, you're able to, you know, we're scanning each other's faces all the time. And if you were to say something hurtful, you'd most likely see that you've hurt that person's feelings mm. by their facial expression. Um that's what makes it really difficult. When you're online, you don't get to see that person's reaction. And I'm quite sure that most of the comments that I personally read, the, the hurtful, harmful comments, if it was said face-to-face, well, you know, it wouldn't have happened because you just don't say it to someone's face. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, so I've just got a question for for you. Is it? So what's your opinion on people sort of jumping in trying to help? Because um, I feel like if someone's just trying to let it go and move on and having their friends constantly reminding them of what's going on online when they sort of want to stay out of it, um, what's sort of your take on that? What, when, um, say, friends join in to what to support? No, so when friends are, like, sort of informing you of what they're saying. Okay. Um, I don't know if that's really quite beneficial. Um, it could actually mm. amplify or es- escalate it. Um, I think be a good friend, support, you know, if you've got a friend that's going through some trying times or bullying, uh, be a good friend and support them. But I think it's really important to, you know, get um, external help. Yeah. You know, so and and that, that is truly being a really good friend. Yeah. Um, so getting... Um, Reporting it to if it's a school incident, telling reporting it to teachers, uh, pardon me, um, or you know it happens at sport. Tell your coach or trainer. Tell the parents, you know, um, because what you're doing is it's not about snitching. It's really about keeping everyone safe, keeping your friends safe, keeping yourself safe. Because when we talk about bullying behaviour, right? You know, I say bullying happens because bystanders or people that stand by and watch, they're the enablers. You know, wars happen because, you know, people, masses enable it. So there is real power in numbers. So I think the only way we can really stamp it out is, you know, to work as as one unit, you know, 
and, and stamp it out together. It, it need, there needs to be a cultural shift where it's never okay to witness it and and it's always, it is okay to, you know, call it out. Yeah. yeah. And in a group, in a group, there's so much power in that. You know, one person, yes, but, you know, if you've got a few more people, you know, also calling it out, that is so, so powerful. Yeah. So as well as like, sorry, Toby, as well as like calling it out and calling the bully out and telling a an adult or finding support from someone, what are some other methods that, you know, we as friends can do to help the victims and, you know, support them and what do you have any tips and stuff for Yeah. Look, you can I always say never fight aggression with aggression, okay? And we've all got positive um features or qualities. We all do have it. And you know what? Sometimes someone might say this one snide remark and what do we focus on that one snide remark and it really brings us down so you know words have the ability to build someone up or tear them down right we've all got beautiful qualities i think we should be focusing on you know what we're really good at you know or what our friends are really good at and really highlighting that and and also celebrating if someone just you know this a random act of kindness we should be celebrating that and applauding it yeah, definitely. Not focusing so, on the negatives. Yeah, never focus on the negatives, you know. How how do you overcome negativity? With positivity. That's the only way yeah. to do it. Yeah. yeah. Really. And I guess too, the more people kind of applaud those those positive behaviours, mm-hmm. it'll become more regular then too. So more Absolutely. and more people. Absolutely. But, yeah, we, we encourage it. Well, we don't like the term... Start again. So we have bystanders. So as you know, the bystanders are people that stand by and do nothing. Um, we encourage everyone to be an upstander. So an upstander is someone who stands up for others and stands up for themselves in a safe way, not in an aggressive way, but in an assertive way. So, and a safe way as well. It's all about safety. So it's empowering everyone that to say, well, you know, you've got a voice and you've got a voice and you've got a right to be safe yeah. no matter where yeah. you are, whether it's at school, in the community, uh, at work, wherever that may be, we've all got the right to be to feel safe. Yeah. And we've got the responsibility to behave in a safe and respectful way, mm-hmm. making sure that our words and actions aren't intentionally harming someone. Yeah. Someone. So, you know, we've all got rights and responsibilities wherever wherever we are. Um, I'm just gonna take the conversation back a little bit to when yeah. you were talking about calling people out. When when you go to call them out, what are some of the signs that you're looking for in someone that is being bullied? That that is being bullied? Yes. Okay, so you know, I, I pay attention to any changing behaviour. Okay, so if it's a friend of yours and they've suddenly become withdrawn um, or they're not coming to school, they've been taking a lot of time off or suddenly become aggressive, whatever change or shift in behaviour, they should be red flags. And you know what? Ask them the question, are you okay? Is there anything that I could do to help? So it's not just about also about the person that's being bullied. But you know what? You could be having, you could have a friend that's suddenly displaying bullying behaviour. Ask the same questions. Hey, are you yeah. okay? 
what's happened? What's going on? Is there anything that I could do to help? You know, we've all got stories and, you know, sometimes, you know, we may not have had a really great sleep the night before um, and it could reflect in our behaviour. So it's really important to ask that question. Yeah. Yeah, and so back to uh, what we were talking about before as well with calling, say, the bully out or some or whoever, what are some tips for, you know, calling them out, standing up for the victim and, you know, saying it's not okay because that can be quite a daunting thing to do. Yes. So, yeah. Um, look, if, if there is, say, you witness some an exchange of, say, nasty comments, right? Mm. What you could what you could do is not in an aggressive way, but you can just call it out. Well, call it out when I say call it out. You can either say, hey, that's not okay, or hey, that's unfair. Or you can just change the subject altogether. You know, how about we go, you know, I'm hungry, let's go to the canteen. You know, yeah change the subject but what's really important the person that's being targeted you know take them along with you you know okay yeah and it's really important to remove them from that situation and then again put them take them to a quiet corner sit them down and and talk to them ensure them that hey you're there to support them you know you, you just witnessed what had happened again are you okay is there anything that i could do to help you mm-hmm. yeah and and i guess too Katie, how important is that, you know, support for someone that is being bullied? Oh, that's extremely important. Um, as a friend, if you, if you, as a friend, it's really important to support the person that's being bullied. But also if it's a school incident, um, every school has a bullying policy. So it's important to also access that policy and, Find, you know, exactly what the process is to support that person as well. Um, But, again, it's a matter of conversation. Conversation is really key to everything. It's, you know, conflict occurs when there's breakdown in communication. Um, Yeah. But it's also communication is a tool to resolve any conflict as well. So talking to teachers um, and, and again, look, if it's school, if you tell a teacher and if you feel that they're not really listening, they're really caught up in their work, go talk to another teacher, alert another teacher. And if you feel that they're too busy or they're not really, you know, paying attention, go talk to a third, fourth, fifth, talk to someone until you get, you, you are satisfied with, um, with their response or you're satisfied they're going to take action. Yeah. Yeah. Talk to someone. Talk, talk, talk. Um, so with cyberbullying, we know we all know how fast that can escalate. Yeah. Um, what what do we do if it escalates to say physical threats and even physical harm? Okay. So that is assault. That's straight to police. Yeah. Yeah. So when we talk about assault, you know, someone making that contact, punching, hitting, that's assault. But interestingly enough as well, you know, threats to hurt someone or threats to harm can be also considered as assault because they might not lay a finger on you, but if you truly believe they're going to carry out that threat, it's just as bad. Yeah. 
So, yeah. So, yeah, that, that is a, that's a police matter. Every, everyone has the right to feel safe no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. And just on that, you know, everyone has a right to be safe. Why is cyberbullying, like, so, I guess, relentless compared to other, other forms of bullying? Well, you know, it's interesting. We've got four, type, four main types of bullying, right? So we've got verbal, which is the most common, using words. So it makes sense because when we communicate, we use words. Then we have cyber, the use of devices. Then we have social, so social is like the excluding, uh, rumour spreading, the covert type. And then we have physical bullying. They're the four main ones, but there are many others that may fall under any one of those categories. So verbal's in the most common form. Followed very closely, almost on par, is cyber. Now, the reason why cyber is really up there is because we're all connected. We've, we've all got devices, you know, and we're always got our heads down, tapping away at our phone or tablet or whatever it may be. But what's interesting is um, I've got a, a police officer friend and he was telling me, he, he said, you know, he's a youth resource officer. His job is dealing with young people. He says, Katie, my job every day is talking to, you know, students in their homes, in their schools, and I talk to them about the inappropriate use of devices. He says, this is my job every day. But he says, you know what? About 10, 12 years ago, you didn't have cyberbullying. No. He said, this was not my job. That is really interesting. I found that fascinating when he said that. I'm like, geez, have we come, we've come along, you know, with, with, with that technology, it's just gone full speed ahead where, you know, 10, 12 years ago, uh, people were on it, but not to the degree that we have, that we're on it now. And that's due to social media. That's just exploded. Mm. How many apps are out there today? And we're all connected, especially when we talk about young people. Their main form of communication for a young person, I'm going to ask you the question, like you've got a phone, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. I bet you making a call is one of the least things that you do. Is that correct? Yeah. 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 (laughs) How do you communicate with your friends or family? Well, I'm mostly on, you know, Facebook Messenger and sometimes I'll send a text. But yeah, yeah, it's always on Facebook. Yeah, so you're you're tapping away. Yeah, yeah. So don't ever call. So my mum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it depends who's calling. You're gonna call yeah. back there. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. like I, I literally just got a call from my dad, and I text him, "What's up?" I can't talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So there you go. So. Um, 7% of your communication with your friends is, well, yeah, it's texting that forms 7% of your communication. So interesting, interesting. Yeah. So, sorry, you go. No, I was just going to say, well, that's that's why I guess uh, um, cyberbullying is quite high Mm. because, yeah, we're engaging conversations online and it makes it easy. Yeah, so Katie, we're kind of like finishing up now. We've gone through a lot of content, but what would be, I guess, your three main tips for anyone that has any sort of contact with cyberbullying? Okay, well, tip is number one, don't respond. Okay, number one, don't respond. 
Number two, you've got to talk to someone, show someone. Okay. And of course, we're all in the position to take control. We can use those buttons. We can block them, delete them, report them. We can do that. Yeah. Okay. But don't be reactive. All right. We're, most of us are very reactive. Take a moment to, you know, process that information and um, and don't play play their game. It's really a game of winning and losing. If you respond, you're you're kind of playing into their game, into their hands. So you've got to change the game around and really take control. Take control. Yeah. When we talk about cyber cyber bullying, really we can control whether or not we're going to engage or not. Yeah, exactly. We really can. So I think just yeah, regain that control. Yeah, definitely. And, yeah, tell someone. Yes, of course. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today, Katie. We've really appreciated it. And I'm sure that our listeners would have learned so much today. So thank you so much. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Me. Thank I you. Think we can probably talk about this topic for hours on end. It's so, yeah. yeah. Well, lucky we've got another episode. <laughs> we've got two more. <laughs> well, it was a pleasure speaking with you guys. Yeah, you too. Thank you so much. Okay, be kind. <laughs> Online and offline. <laughs> I'm Laura Pettigrew. Live more, worry less. I'm Bridget Kelly. Keep smiling. And I'm Toby Bogart. Until next time, don't count the days but make the days count. You've been listening to Speak Up and Engage, the next generation in wellness. To follow our podcasters, head on over to allthews.facebook.com forward slash speak up engage you can also go to all the w's.thewellnesscouch.com forward slash speak up engage to find out more about the sunshine coast council go to all the w's.sunshinecoast.qld.gov.au and to find out more about spirit hive and how spirit hive is bringing empowerment and inspiration to the youth and the communities local to you go to spirithive.org. We're going to see you here same time next week. Thanks for tuning in. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.